dude, we're on. Let's roll, man. All right, man. So, all right. First off, dude, I got to ask you, how's everything going, man? I know we're hitting quarantine month, what, five? Something like that? Yeah. Got six? Holy crap. We're getting there. Dude, I'm working from home, and I'm like, I'm over it, man. I'm over all of it. Yeah? But it's the, honestly, it's a time to reflect, though. It's a time to kind of, like, relax and shit. And I, I don't think I've been relaxing. No? What you yeah. been doing, man? I know you just got a new job. I had to tell a little bit about that. What are you doing Yeah, now? so I'm a, I'm a government employee. I um, I work for the Department of Commerce. Damn, all I've, right. I've signed up for the Census 2020. Um, which is, it ends, like, in September. September 30th. So there's a couple more weeks left, so. Oh, only a temporary headache. I like it. Yeah, Perfect, yeah. Man. Resume builder. Yeah, um, right. If you haven't done your census, please go out and do it. Yes. Um, you can much. do it by phone, internet, or mail-in ballot, so. Yeah, please get counted, support your local community. Yeah, and people don't understand, so it's a way to allocate funding. So schools, um, senior citizen centers, um, representatives for the uh, House of Representatives. So yeah. you want to make sure you're in that number, so um, yeah. Yeah, we were actually talking about that today. Not, or not today, rather last week in constitutional law and law school. Uh, we were talking about how the one person, one vote concept, and man, that, and that was so interesting to me because you don't think about the census, you don't think about how it directly affects you, and uh, what we learned is just talking about how Tennessee, man, at one point, they didn't do a census for like a hundred years. Shit. A hundred years. How did, how did it affect them, though? But there was a county that was like in the middle of the mountains that had 5,000 people, and they had equal representation to one of the top three largest districts. Wow. 5,000 people had the same number of reps That's because they hadn't done a census. It, it had just jumped in, in people that lived there. It's crazy, man. So, yeah, do the census, man. Get counted. We don't want any discrepancy in the number of representation we have here in the state. And it helps those. And it, you automatically see a drawback in the people you get serving, man. So, dude, a lot going on this week, man. There is a lot going on. <laughs> It definitely wasn't, uh, but it was like it was it's been like a weird week, man. It's not like these stories that really are groundbreaking. We right. didn't have any like global tragedies other than the pandemic we're, we're presently in. Well, there are the uh, fires, the wildfires. Oh yeah, out west. Talk about that a little bit. I don't know too much um, about that. Yeah, apparently one started from a gender reveal. Wow. I think they had pyrotechnics oh and then, then something exploded or something. Mind you, it's very dry out there, and so with all that dry land and stuff, so I think that's one of the reasons why there's a wildfire in that area. Um, and then I heard like the air quality is pretty bad, and then the fires create their own type of like atmosphere, so gotcha. they get like fire tornadoes. Yeah, wow, okay, that's so that's scary. That is oh that's freaky, man. So, yeah. um, I know that's going on. Yeah, um, thoughts and prayers got in California right now, man. That's yeah, insane. and I think it's Oregon too. So there's a couple of spots. I didn't know it spread that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. a little bit, a uh, little bit else going on. Oh yeah. Just don't want to neglect to talk about this. Last week was September 11. Oh yeah. Uh, 19 years ago to this to, to this year and uh, man, where were you on that day? Yeah, man. I I should remember very very distinctly. So I was on the school bus. It was in first grade. First grade. Uh, yeah, man. I'm a Shit. youngin. I uh, <laughs> I was going to I was going home, and I and one of my friends told me that soccer practice was canceled because they were worried that the terrorists were gonna 
harm our soccer field or they were going to harm us if we played. And, and, and what's, what's interesting is, is I got older and, I, and my mom and I actually had a conversation that I'll, I'll never forget. She, 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 excuse me, she talked to me about what actually happened that day and it really, at a young age, I didn't really grasp the level of magnitude that had on America as a country yes. and I didn't and I know that was a time where America really came together it didn't matter what political party you were in it didn't matter who you were in your background and there was one thing we all could agree on and that's that Americans we stand together on this issue and that the sacrifice made by first responders that day absolutely was insurmountable and we grieved those losses as a nation and it was a very 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 strong response from tragedy like as that. a country yeah uh, I didn't really learn that until eighth grade, man. When I actually saw the towers fall, I, I saw the video for the first time, and it man, it got me. I'm not gonna lie, I, I can't imagine being. Oh man, I can't imagine knowing someone that was in New York and uh, and the impact that had on the country. America definitely rebounded and fought to. There's some good that came out of nine, the, the instance that happened nine eleven. This very strong patriotic, just unity. And, right. and that's great, but there also were some other things. But I think the thing that I look at when I look back on 9-11 is just there's a tragedy. Our, our hopes and prayers are still with the families that are still without their loved ones to this day. And thank God for the first responders that stepped up that day. Um, yeah, there was a lot of – man, there's a lot of legislation that happened after 9-11 that we're still being affected with today. But, man, what about you? What were you? We got – um. so so two things. So 9-11, I was in the 10th grade. I was in high school. Mm. I came from gym class. Wow. And my English teacher was, and then people were saying, like, the, people were saying the Empire State Building got wow. bombed. And I was like, I knew they were talking about the Twin Towers. I was like, well, didn't it get bombed before, which it did in 1993? But then um, one thing is, like, we were, sh- we were kind of sheltered away from some of the images. So I didn't even know this, a second tower was hit mm-hmm. and that the buildings had completely um, fallen in a footprint, and so till I got home, and I was where, like, wow. "Where were you at this time? Were you in North Carolina?" I was in North Carolina. Okay, where in, at? In a rural area, Northampton County. Okay. Um, okay. Halifax area, Roanoke Rapids. So in that area, and, and back then it was no, there wasn't a lot of technology um, as far as like cell phones. You know, not everyone had a cell phone, and stuff. So we yeah. were getting information as it came in, but I think our teachers and administration kind of kind of sheltered us and was like, "Let's not give them this." these images let them yeah. go home let the message be told at home which I respect. conversations with their family exactly yeah. yeah very much so um and and i did have family in new york and i remember for a couple of days the lines were so busy in new york you could not call anyone wait what you could not make a phone call out on a landline to, in new york i think for a week wow just because people so many people were worried about the everybody yeah, everything's going you know everybody's worried about the relatives wow. and what's going on with different people so Amazing. Um, I did not have anyone directly impacted, but it, it me I had been going to New Treasure. York my whole life, so yeah. I knew that not seeing the Twin Towers was just gonna be like very. It was gonna be uh, something felt because I, I mean I, I remember seeing them since I was a kid, just going to New York, spending summers in New York. So it was just a very heartfelt um, incident. So yeah, I've never been to New York, man. So like for me, when that when that right now you haven't been to New York, dude. I've never been. Damn, I know, I know. I've been told that's the one place in the country that if I'm on the East Coast, that's where I need to go. I, I've been to Disney to World or Disneyland. I was in Florida, but I've never been to. Have New you York. been to Boston? No, that's and I'm a Red Sox fan, so yeah, I'm very much so in need of visiting Boston. 
have you been to Philadelphia? What's the furthest north you've been? Dude, the furthest north I've been is Ohio, but I went there in uh, Columbus, which is the capital. I saw Ohio State, which is cool. I've been to Pittsburgh. The Ohio State. Yeah, the Ohio State. The Ohio Excuse State. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> piss off our Buckeye, our Buckeye listeners. Um, no, I – yeah, I, I, the furthest I'd been was Pittsburgh, man. That – that Ohio bud, I've never been to anything that was a landmark other than Pittsburgh up north and the Ohio That's State University. So I have a lot of traveling to do up there. But yeah, for me, New York, I, I can't imagine what it was like to be familiar with that area and then just yeah. to see that major landmark in America to be just depleted, man. I can't imagine. New York, to me, it is the city um, yeah. in America. I'm, I'm sorry. I love a lot of places in America, but New York is the city. Where's so. your family from? They're basically from Virginia, but some of them migrated to New York. What so, part of New York? Uh, Brooklyn. Okay. So with the Great Migration, so you had African Americans leaving the South and going up to the North. So those those folks um, they settled in New York and in Brooklyn. So and I had been going to New York like literally all my life. My mom was actually raised in Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah. Right. She but but I was born in Virginia, so she she moved back to Virginia, and that's where I was born. But she spent a good amount of time in Brooklyn. And wow. so that place, though, New York is just, it's just a different place. Like, there's no place like it. Yeah. Um, no place like it. So, um, and it's, it's, it's changed, you know, it's changed. So, I, yeah, I've been going to New York since the 80s and 90s, and now you're talking about early 2000s with 9-11, yeah. and now the city, what it's going through now, and just such a change, man, so. I can't imagine, dude. Like I said, I, I'm not very familiar. We got to get you to New York, man. Yeah, we do, man. <laughs> we got to get you it's... to New York. I, I really want to see the city, man. I, I've never been there, so oh, that's on my to-do list. It's it's there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. Yep. All right. Well, that with that being said, um, man, what it did. I know we saw a little bit of mention of it every year. Thankfully, we always have a great, just not necessarily a service. A lot of places will have service, but I feel like as a country. We do acknowledge that, which is great. We do honor first responders. I know yeah. the New York Mets did a very cool motion towards wearing the first responders' hats and wow. whatnot. And I thought that was really cool, man. Wow. Uh, it's good we're still able to, again, rebound. And not necessarily rebound, but we're still able to show that this tragic event will bring us together. This will not hurt us no. and, and as a nation. And, I, and, I deep, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. So, yeah, moving on from that, looking at the nation as it currently is, I, dude, I heard the craziest rumor, and, uh, and it was actually confirmed uh, by the commander-in-chief himself. So, I don't know, do you listen to Joe Rogan? You heard of Joe Rogan's podcast? Yep. Oh, yeah. I, listen yeah, I love to, Joe Rogan. I've heard, I've heard of Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Great dude, oh, man. yeah. <laughs> super dude. Dude, I remember watching him on Fear Factor, and, like, He's... this is the Fear Factor guy, this super intellectual... Dude, Joe Rogan is so smooth, man. Just... I've watched a couple of his videos on podcasts. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a sidebar. But he, no. he interviewed Mike Tyson. They were talking about taking DMT. And I was what? like, yo. Did he admit to Joe it? Joe Rogan admitted to taking DMT. Him yeah. and Mike Tyson. I was like, dude. It was like. So help me out. What's DMT, bro? So DMT, I think, is a drug that's extracted from frogs. What? Like a spotted frog. Okay. I heard that this drug is like the closest that you will get to like the afterlife and god and all that and so wow. i could see tyson getting into that not not necessarily like from mike tyson strikes me as a drug user but um i just can see tyson as some guy that has just he's free. encountered the highest yeah. levels of conflict <laughs> he's that you can free. do in the world is, of sports he is free and flowing <laughs> he's, yeah he's free and flowing bud 
So I could just see him doing that. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Joe Rogan is Mr. Let's Do Drug. No, 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 Let's Do Drugs. Wow, I am a big fan of Joe Rogan. Let me not categorize him as that, but he's Mr. Let's Do Things Responsibly. If we're going to use substances, let's at least use them responsibly in a way that is recreationally completely not addicted, right. addiction-based. DMT is a little different. I heard it's the, like, the closest you'll get to the other side of life. Without like all ending answers, your life. Yeah, without wow. your life, all answers. Wow. are given with DMT. So I don't encourage taking it. If you're no, not taking it. <laughs> Neither one but of it, us and it, But they say it's like a resistance to it. Like it's something that pulls you. Yeah. And they say like it's a resistance. Like the more you resist it, the more it pulls. But like it brings you to the other side. And I was like, I think I'm going to pass on that. Yeah, I, think, I, was like, I don't think I'm good. I'm not done with this life yet. I, yeah, I don't want to get it. I don't want to touch that life, you know? But um, sorry, I, I cut you off. Joe no, Rogan. Dude, you're good, Joe, man. Joe Rogan. Uh, a huge fan, bud. Uh, he, uh, yeah, Joe Rogan, he he actually offered to host a debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Do it. For the president. No, 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 dude, dude, it gets even Do better. It. it gets even better. Do so, it. Shit. So, so Donald That's, Trump is that already... That might end up a fist fight. Donald yeah. Trump has already accepted the invitation. Hell yeah. So what if, what if Joe Rogan... Joe Rogan might go down as one of the greatest debate moderators out of our time. Just moderating this just chaos that will develop if you put Joe Biden and Donald Trump in the same room. I personally want him and I, I want to see Harris and Trump just just go at it, man. I would love to see that Kamala, debate. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be great. Oh, yeah. my God. Kamala, I, I love Kamala. Man. I just, dude, I don't know what's going on with Joe. Lately, I've seen Vice President Biden as he's, he's been pretty quiet. I think it might help him, though, being quiet and kind of just letting things spin out. Yeah, he's using CNN as a uh, as a as an instrument, not instrumentality. Sorry, I had con law today, constitutional law. So I'm, I've had to use that word a few times. He's using him as a vehicle for him to speak out and talk about. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of interviews. Did one with Anderson Cooper that was actually really engaging, um, and he actually did really well. But it wasn't the, the very uh, stuttering, not not stuttering Biden, but the, uh, <laughs> I mean, he was very he, get, he, he very put together. Tied. He gets tongue tied. Um, he was very put together. Um, I've noticed something about Biden, uh, for uh, Vice President Biden that he's very, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, he's got three things that he'll say when he's losing it. He'll say, uh, I don't have enough, we don't, you don't want, we don't have enough time for that, I'm running out of time. Or he'll say, look here, listen, let me tell you something. Look here, listen, okay. listen. And, uh, I love those, like, those political, um, what are they called, buffers or tie-ins. Um, uh-huh. Where you kind of like you're getting uncomfortable, and it's like, okay, let me give you my phrase. Okay, let me kind of tie this back in. I just miss political speech, where it's like somebody's talking to me, and they're kind of talking over my head, but they feel like they're talking to me individually versus yeah. like somebody's talking at me. Well, I feel like currently we are getting talked at instead of someone's talking to us, a conversation. Dude, so I had a friend in law. I have a friend in law school who they're very good at just debunking political speeches and wow. what they're really saying. And they would always get mad at me. They would always be like, I would always. Uh, I had a good friend in law school who just was a fantastic speech person, fantastic speaker. He he could selfish. He could sell water to a fish, and he would he would give a speech, and they, I would be like, wow, he's really great. He's really engaging. And that, my my friend would be very critical and say he really didn't say anything that directly he just said a bunch of talking points and when <laughs> we look at these politicians more and more it, it, it unfortunately it either does one of two things it makes you makes it more entertaining because you're because you can realize that 
this individual is not necessarily giving me something that's real. They're just trying to get me hyped up and you're realizing this and you're saying, okay, well, that was crap. Let's see what the next thing he says. Let's see right. if that is a substance. I mean, they're very prevalent. Uh, a lot of Trump speeches about Biden are about how he's going to make America not safe and how he's going to make America very dangerous. Right. He's going to hire the most law enforcement officers. And my my uh, the comedy of that is one of the exec. As far as I know, executive power does not allow for the hiring of law enforcement officers. He's not going to. He is not going to hire the most that's law enforcement local. officers. Right. That's on a local, that's local level. Government. Right. The only way the government, the, the president, can designate spending is if Congress allo- if Congress allocates money specifically for a government or a presidential executive bill or order, and then he can decide where that money goes. But you're talking about a subject that is so broad. I don't see the trickle down being hiring more law enforcement, and so which. Which also, let's transition, let's go to Biden. Biden will, will talk about free college for all or millions and millions of people going to school in affordable college. And the issue with that is, again, you have to have some congressional support. That's and, true. And if Congress does not act. That's a good point. If Congress does not act and or allocate funds or make a bill, he can advocate all he wants. However, he can sign an executive order. But the funding for that executive order would need some type of congressional backing. And so when they make these statements of free college, when I say they, politicians as a whole, I wonder and I think to myself, um, where is that going to happen from? (laughs) So, again, this sounds great. This sounds wonderful. If I but couldn't go to college for free, nobody's going to college for free. No, no. Well, but, if it's just, but if it could happen, no, yeah. no, no. Let's, no. Okay, let's explore that. How um, in the heck is someone going to college for free? But <laughs> I was being charged. The, my the generation before me, those that came before me, were being charged. It's just like you know you're going to pay for college. You know you're going to pay for it. I don't have a logical reason. I have a bunch of equity reasons and morality reasons. To where I believe that college should be should be affordable and free to those that cannot afford it in a way that is everyone has equal opportunity to education. The issue is education. Yeah. The, the, there's a bunch of issues there. That's true. But but there's an issue to that. The first issue is equity. So it's not a constitutional right. The except some states acknowledge education is a constitutional right. There is no designation for higher education as being a fundamental right that everyone should have, right? So you run into trouble when you look at it that from that that perspective. Do you do I personally believe it should be a fundamental right? Um, yeah, I do. You can I, make it a right and still be a cost to it. Though. But but yeah, exactly because I've had to take loans out for a lot of my schooling and right. I'm very cynical to I've done it. The issue that we run into is that certain people cannot get loans, and then I think that's a pro- then then that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Certain families make too much, and they will not sponsor their, their children to go to college, and will not pay for it. And then they're kind of left in the dark. I have, a, I have a very good friend do of mine. Do you think that you could? Do you think it should be limited to like how much you make, or based off how much you make? Yeah. Um, do you think people don't make enough to afford college, or do you think people make too much and they can afford college? I just think it, it, I don't think it necessarily depends on the, the earnings of the parents. That, that's really, a lot of people associate student loan debt with actual debt that could cripple you and destroy your life. And is that true? I don't know yet. I'm not in the real world. I only, I'm not yet. I'm in law school. I think a secret, there's a, I think there's some kind of act that 
allows like college debt can't it doesn't stay with you forever i think after if you've been paying consistently after 25 years i think it goes away it is a little bit different than like let's say hospital debt or uh, credit card debt yeah um i think there's a little bit different i think it sticks with you a little bit and i think they want to get as much money from you as possible but i think those loans eventually go away but i could be wrong though See, here's my here's my issue though. I believe that everyone should be able to go get a quality higher education with, without putting themselves in crippling debt. Though I do believe that. Right. Not necessarily it's a fundamentally recognized right, but that's a right that I hold dear to me and a belief that I wish was allowed by the government in a way that could support citizens. So looking at that though, so let's let's see. There are some students in this country who go to certain colleges who who accrue so much debt they're accruing like a house yeah and then some students are accruing a car so and i know for those that go to those higher those 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 uh, higher credit schools and you're getting that debt whereas um you're taking on maybe a house i mean two hundred thousand dollars i guess it's like you're almost guaranteed to have more connects or job opportunities versus someone who went into debt for like thirty five thousand dollars Versus like $250,000. So how do you like balance that? So what if that person graduates from this prestigious school, they're in uh, $250,000 worth of debt, and they can't find a job? Yeah. Versus tough. the person that's like, all right, I took out 20, I got a job making 50K, I think I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> you know, I think I'll be all right. Yeah. Um, but again, how do you regulate the how do you regulate the Harvards and the Dukes and the Princetons and the private colleges? Yeah, yeah. State schools, state schools are a little bit more affordable, but then you there's no, I mean, there's no guarantee you'll get a job though. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. So we've covered a lot today, which is which is great, and I yeah. think that it's given us a lot of building blocks to bring more people in for future episodes and also talk about this. In more of a narrow Absolutely. focus with people that are better equipped to actually talk about this issue in a sense of that's their life or that is something they particularly focus in. So, yep. you know, here at Free of Flowing, you all can expect that. One thing that Dwayne and I, with this being Dwayne's grandchild, or not, excuse me, brainchild, is that <laughs> we've been collab- Yeah, I know I'm old. I was in the bro. I ain't again going there. No, no, but uh, with that being said, one thing we want to be critical about with our viewers is that just being intentional about bringing people on that will right. give more to the subject that we're describing and that will add more content for our viewers. And that's something you all can expect in the future. Um, we're very, very excited about that. So yeah. Be look out for that. Uh, Dwayne, is there any way, anything you want to add, man? I, I think I'm good. Uh, we got a good amount of topics, so I think we're good. I'm good. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's call it a day, man. Thank y'all for listening to Free and Flowing. All right, y'all.